Lady from Day is an original novel adapted for radio. Lady from Day is written and produced by April Smith. Previously on Lady from Day, Rowan is getting anxious because Leah hasn't come back yet from talking with Siegfried and walking around on her own to catch some air. Rowan decides to take matters into his own hands as he assumes Leah was captured by Gorlags. He encounters a drunk Siegfried, pouting over his marriage proposal rejection, and talks to Eris and Reynold. Book 2. Something Wicked This Way Comes. Chapter 16. Hen House. I awoke stiff. My back was used to the soft ground of the forest, or the simple pallet of an inn. Recently, the bed from the inn we had stayed at the previous night was even more of a shock treatment to the floor. Being forced to sleep on just a rough floor with absolutely no comfort beneath me was a bit unusual. My body would take a few days to get used to it, but it didn't have a choice. Not only did I waken stiff, but underneath the towering shadow of Mistress who had been kicking me awake. Moosday, Wubong. Moosday. Eh? Wake up! Cork is needing your help. You have slept too long. Next time you won't be sleeping so long. Long? I may hurt, but it can't be even close to daylight yet. I wonder what time it is. Go to the kitchen so you can help Cork. If I come in back and you are still here, you will answer to worse than me. Mistress left and I went looking for some water. I found a small bowl, and amazingly enough, worms weren't crawling in it. Skalags couldn't be treated that badly. I splashed some water on my face and hands and tried to remember my way to the kitchens. My eyes wanted to close on me, but I wouldn't let them. I have to be in control of my body. My life may depend on it. I tried to retrace the steps from the previous day, but I was just so disoriented and tired that I got quite lost. Luckily, after a while, I felt a heat that grew more intense as I grew closer. Soon after, I came to the kitchens. Fires were already steadily burning for the morning meals, and the stuffy smell of charred wood overwhelmed me. I gathered myself and tried to regulate my breathing to adjust to the displaced oxygen levels. I spotted Taylor in a darkened corner, setting out serving bowls that would receive the food that would be made shortly. I didn't want to go directly to her to talk, because Cork might think something was going on if we were talking to each other frequently. Cork and Emta were together putting food that looked to have been made more recently than the evening meal into little bowls for the Gorlag's domestic animals. I hadn't seen any around, but I assumed they had pets. Kragash is known for several unique animals, and there is an animal that the Gorlag's obtained that was almost like a dog, but with quills like a hedgehog. Since the Gorlag's keep is so close to the border of Faerys, I would have thought that the animals wouldn't venture this way. They probably kept them hidden in the keep so no one would know about their whereabouts. I decided to go to Cork to ask what would be done. She immediately attacked me verbally. Well, finally you get here. This keep isn't that big and the path from the Sklag quarters to this kitchen is not that far. How on earth did you manage to get yourself anywhere if you can't even walk properly? Anyways, I'd best get you on to some duties. First off, the Gorlaks woke me to get them a snack. There are lots of plates that have to be cleaned from their snack. 
Then I will have you go to Mtar to get some eggs from the chicken coop for the morning meal. When Taylor finishes setting out the containers, you can help her bake bread. Now go! Taylor was near the sink where the plates and cups needed washing. I took the opportunity to smile because I hadn't in a while and it felt good to stretch my mouth muscles. I decided to ask her a few questions. Why do we wash these if the Gorlags wash themselves with maggots and grime? Well, they are very conscious of what goes into their bodies more than what goes on them. The body is made for no less than air, and the inside is made for all our care. Or something like that. At any rate, I always leap at the chance to get my hands in soap water. You know how horrid it is when the Gorlogs decide it's time for a bath. Yes, and I hope it's a long while before I'm reminded of that again. They really don't do it too often. As long as you keep some dirt on you, more so on your skin than clothes. They aren't, at least, very particular about that. At least they let us talk here. There are some countries that forbid servants talking while doing duties. South of Therus, there is a country called Kalos. They broke off from Therus long ago, which is much like Kragash landwise. The people are human, but they have very strict rules about things. Children are to talk only when talked to. They don't really play either, just learn everything that can be known to prepare them for adult life and war. I'm so very glad they are an ally of the civilized regions. This tailor had a lot of head knowledge. I wondered if Fenarion taught all their people this much. Civilized regions? Yes, like Kyrie and what was a Ferris the last I was there. You know Ferris well? Well enough. I haven't actually been there for long. I'm from Dwivenay in Alessonia. I just went to Ferris because of the Princess Dashiell and her curse. Her eyes widened at the sound of the princess. I wondered why, but I thought it best to not read too much into it. I didn't know how long the woman had been here, so perhaps the princess and the curse were just news to her. When I was done with washing, Emta directed me out of the kitchen through a side door to get some eggs, and we found ourselves in the center of a caged chicken coop. It seems the Gulags were extremely paranoid about their servants, or I should probably say Skalags, now that I know that part of their guttural language. There were no obvious exits, as the only way I knew out so far was here, straight into the coop. I called the words Salak and Skalag, so I'm guessing they were referring to a dirty servant. I hope they didn't mean me, because I was just mentally getting over my last bath. The chickens the Gulags had were a little oversized. Their eggs were just as enormous. As Enta and I harvested the eggs, the chickens started to attack our hands. Enta explained. It's really quite usual. What can you expect with the Golags as the masters? The chickens don't like anyone around them. You will get used to the pecking they give up when they realize that you aren't going to do anything to them. It's just utterly annoying. It is annoying, but bearable. I suppose all those years of working with my hands made them a little rough. The chicken beaks don't hurt badly, and I only have a couple bits of blood peeking through my skin. Emta's hands were a little worse for wear. She had only been handling food for the time she had been there, which I expected to be quite a while, so they weren't used to anything that would make them rough. She had several open, but not serious, wounds. 
We did manage to obtain a considerable amount of eggs, but it didn't seem like enough with all the Gorlags in the castle. Enter assured me that it would be fine, and not all the Gorlags would eat eggs. She began to talk about the Gorlags and I listened with interest. They're actually quite particular about what they eat. Children eat eggs more than adults. Adult Gorlags are fond of lots of meat and vegetables. Ironically, they do eat more vegetables than meat. I've discovered that is what gives them their green colour. The older Gorlags had streaks of orange in their hair from carrots, and white nails from kohlrabi. The very eldest had the silver hair. It seemed to be almost like camouflage. Their bodies were coloured by the food they ate. I almost laughed from thinking about Sig saying, you are what you eat. When I entered the kitchen again, Cork took the eggs from me, went over to the hearth and started to crack and cook them on a large skillet that was sitting on an inset in the large fireplace. The fireplace had several spots carved in to help with the bread making. I never really got into cooking at home because I left at such a young age. Helping Taylor reminded me of working with my mother. It had been a while since I had seen her. I didn't mind getting flour all over myself. It was a refreshing change from globules of who knows what. We kneaded and kneaded the bread dough and every while I imagined it was a gulag and gave it a firm punch. When we had enough to bake, we lifted the big mounds of dough and placed them on a bread plate. It was the length of the baking hole and was flat with a handle on the end, so it wouldn't get too burned when it needed to be removed. We put the bread in the hold and took a rock to cover the end, with just enough room between the edges and the handle to get it out again. Even with the lack of sleep, this work wasn't too hard. Even so, I still can't help but think what is going on back in the town. Leah is played by Sophie Neveu. Taylor is played by Mippa. Cork and Mistress is played by Laura Fedora. Emta is played by Mary Bruhand. For other casts and credits, please visit www.ladyfromday.com. That's www.ladyfromday.com. Join us next time for the continuing story of Lady From Day.